making theater in a capitalist model makes it so that people want to do it individually. So it's your name on the poster and whatnot. And then we were like, is that actually something that we as foreigners or as humans like necessarily care about? And then I think we were like, maybe not. Hello and welcome to Art Restart, where we explore how artists are reinventing their fields and building a new landscape for the arts. I'm Piercarlo Talenti, the producer and editor of this podcast, a production of the Thomas S. Keenan Institute for the Arts at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Perhaps the hottest ticket on Broadway right now is to the starry revival of Lorraine Hansberry's play The Sign in Sidney Brewstein's Window, starring Oscar Isaac and Rachel Brosnahan. Should you be lucky enough to score a ticket, you will find this in your playbill's credits. Scenic design by dots. All lowercase, dots. What in the world is dots? Well, I'll tell you. Dots is three incredibly talented international designers who decided soon after earning their MFAs at NYU to pool their skills and create a unique partnership. Dots is Andrew Mordick, who hails from South Africa, Kimie Nishikawa, born and raised in Japan, and Santiago Orjuela Laverde, a native of Colombia. Clearly, their partnership, which you might be surprised to learn is truly unique in the American theater, is paying off. Not only are they about to make their Broadway debut at a very early stage in their respective careers, but their work has also been seen in some of the highest profile theatrical projects of recent months including Dark Disabled Stories at the Public Theater and Elevator Repair Services Seagull. Andrew spoke to me from DOT's headquarters in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, Santiago was in his home in Crown Heights, and Kimye was at the James Earl Jones Theater on Broadway, where she was supervising the load-in of the DOT set. By the way, I want to give you a heads up that you'll probably hear the sounds of a very busy production crew at work behind Kimye. I started the interview, not surprisingly, by asking the designers how the idea for their business partnership came about. I mean, I think the the gathering together was the first part, which was like, we all, the three of us, would choose to stay in New York when the pandemic hit. I think the free time became real. And we, we had a chance to actually spend time together, not thinking about the work we need to do is more about the how we have deal with like the work in the past and i think that moment of quietness in the industry was very helpful for us to like see in perspective what was happening what we were like we weren't really happy about it and then it was became like a like a very beautiful necessary brainstorming which i i want i want to say was it came from the casualties of like just hanging in my rooftop and Mm. drinking a beer and looking at sunsets literally yeah it was just that moment of like it was just like a pause we really took advantage of the time to reflect that was kind of like thrust upon us which was really helpful and then we discovered that we were all kind of feeling the same way and could you Mm -hmm. describe what you were feeling or i think another way to ask that is I think for an early career designer breaking into theater and film in america there's a lot of challenges and hurdles and what were you with dots what were you trying to correct or make easier for yourselves we were definitely exhausted and also broke i think mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i think 
Andrew, you've said this so well. It's, it was this question of why are we competing with each other? Because it's yeah. usually who's designing that show or who's doing what. And it's all about the individual names. And I think that creates this, you know, it's pr- quite toxic. So we were really talking about how can we just first not not really credit our own individual names on everything we do and collaborate on a lot of things. And, you know, like people don't need to know how the sausage is made, I guess. So like we wanted to, what's that word we're using? Agency. We wanted yeah, yeah, to create agency for ourselves because in a bleak way, I didn't quite believe that the industry would really change. So then how can we change how we offer ourselves to these institutions? I want to hear more about that. What, in what way did you, would you like institutions to change? And given that that change is not happening, how are you with your collaboration approaching that? But please jump in, Santi and Andrew. But I, I just think uh-huh. that, a, yeah, a lot of institutions don't quite understand what it takes for design to happen. A lot of the time as professionals, we want to make it look easy, of course, but there's so much involved in producing a final product and it's so much for one person. It actually, it can't be done as an individual, even set designers or other designers usually have many assistants or associates, you know, and so the acknowledgement of this is actually a lot of work for one person Mm-hmm. is a great way to start, I think. But I don't think that will happen. Yeah, and then also this, the same thing of like, it is too big a job for one person to do. And then in the way that the current system works is that the team kind of gets a little bit forgotten about. And I think that's also a situation that all three of us had been in where, you know, you work really hard on something for someone else to get all the credit or to make, meet the directors or whatever. And it just felt... it. It just opens the door to gatekeeping and like, yeah, it just doesn't feel reflective of the way the world works now and of the people that are doing the work now. Yeah. Also, I would add to that, like when we talk about this, we pretty often use like a metaphor of an umbrella that mm-hmm. take care take care of us. And I feel like that was like a, like when we talk about like creating that agency, it was also like, yeah, like creating this umbrella that helped us to navigate different situations when when I when I sound umbrella, I'm just trying to say like if a problem comes to dots, it's a dots problem, even though it's our problem as individuals eventually, because we need to deal with the problem. In some extent, uh, we can do our job in the time that we are meant to do it, and then go home and try to have our lives. And I think that's kind of like projecting on like how how are we envisioning like our relationship with, as individuals with our practice? And I think like dots help us to protect ourselves so that's very useful but also help us to maybe create create some distance as well and just literally and very basic very basic thing like give us agency to like have a weekend to spend time with family to to travel home if we want to without the risk of like losing all the connections imagining that world when we decide to do this when we decided to do this was very encouraging I would also say like specifically as freelancers, we were always at the mercy of payments scheduled by the theaters. So that was another thing which was really hard because sometimes 
when you're not on payroll, our paychecks get forgotten. Um, even if it's no one, no, no one's doing it out of malice, of course. So what we've been doing is any project we touch, even like if I didn't really do anything for something that Santi and Andrew are doing, all of our fees goes into one bank account and we take a salary from that. Mm-hmm. So that was another specific way of trying to have more control over our financial situation as well. Do you miss seeing your name in the credit? I no. I I don't. <laughs> okay. I think for me the separation of like personal identity and creative output is like great. Just takes the pressure off like you know time. You know when your work is your name, then it's hard to separate your sense of self from your work output. And I think that that's like a little unhealthy. Then there's also just like the it's like it just like puts this crippling pressure on the work and then it makes it difficult to like do good work is what I was finding for sure. Not having my name be tied to the work, I think is actually way bigger. And then, you know, there's also the added benefit that we're building something that's larger than any of the three of us independently, which is exciting and feels just feels like a nicer way to approach things. I love that you talked about the formation of the company being in a moment of great stillness and time for reflection. Uh, And one thing I've often heard from freelance designers is that they're so booked solid project to project is that they the one thing they don't have is time for imagining. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the three of you, if in this collective, you've built in time for creative imagining. I think so. Question. Yeah, I think it depends. I definitely think that the noticeable difference that I find is that when I was working freelance by myself, you have to produce so much work at such an alarming rate to try to just keep up and pay the rent or whatever that you a end up taking on work that maybe isn't something that you really care about because you need to and b end up like dipping into the same old bag of tricks because you know it and you like have already drafted that window or whatever so you don't have to do it again that just felt like that was like a little creatively stifling that i think now that we have, you know, the support and the time and the resources, I have found like n- not doing that. So I don't, I don't know if there's like a built in time for imagining, but I do feel like imagining is possible. It's possible. And I do think <laughs> it's reflected in our work. I think that, you know, I don't think, you know, just even looking back at the last like three or four projects we've done, that they're just like also vastly different from each other. And that's really exciting. Um, because I think that that's, you know, that's what I think a thing that all three of us believe like good theater design is, is that each production is this unique set of circumstances to discover. And that it's like feels a little sad to just like apply the same recipe over and over again. Mm-hmm. So that's been really great for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting. I'm not really sure if we have more time necessarily, but being in the studio together, just having more voices that we trust. Mm-hmm looking at something together and that just expands your ideas and right comparing just my life pre-pandemic before dots i was just working all the time and now i do have like oh i'm gonna take that day off i mean it still Mm. feels like a a lot but i i think there has been more time to also just not not imagine too just just Mm. i'm gonna I'm going to watch TV yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. 
and that space, I think, is necessary for creation. Mm-hmm. Totally, and also, and also the the capacity to have a conversation about anything. Because what I'm imagining, like, if if you're alone and you receive, you need you need to make decisions, and you and you're kind of like block whatever, then you're alone. For me, like, literally, our WhatsApp group is such a great space for like. Hey guys, what do you think about this? Like, look at that, you know, like, and literally always kind of be able to like have a feedback from someone that you trust and is in certain extent connected with the project or, and, and I feel that feels very privileged to be honest, like to just, and, and that could be for like something very like creative, but also something very practical, you know, like in our business model, whatever. So I think that that having that conversation, that that space for conversation to just like put your ideas out with no judgment and somebody will receive it and somebody will give you feedback, that feels very good in a way. And I feel very lucky. And I'm sometimes just to like, oh yeah, that was a bad idea. You know, and that's, it's, it's like, I, I'm very easy to do it that way to somebody just like, man, maybe there's another, another version. Mm-hmm. Because then if you're alone, then you can just like, you ended up in this spiral with that bad idea for days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And because yeah. we're working together on the same, you know, we're all on the same team here. It's not like there's none of the like weird caginess of like sharing a, an idea with another designer and then being like, oh, you know, don't don't take my oh, idea or whatever, mm-hmm. which is like is a thing that's the part of the like toxicness that Kimi mentioned earlier that I think I it's see. just like so nice to not avoid that. And, you know, skill skills wise, too, of being like, you know, we all come with like very specific skills and just pooling those things and learning them from each other mm-hmm. is that we're like we're all growing as individuals and we're growing a thing together which is so much better than like having to like slog it through on your own with and then have to like you know there's this like sense that you like can't share that stuff with other people which is kind of kind of stupid could you talk like about a recent project that came in and how you discussed it and then apportioned the work well what's happening now with I guess sign is a very good one, sign on mm-hmm. Sydney and uh-huh. Stains, because that went up at BAM first, and it was a very tight timeline. From the moment we got the call to when it had to be finished, it was only about five weeks. So we wow. it was all ha- hands on deck, I know. I, I had a relationship with um, Annie, the, the director, but from the beginning, we all uh, had like our initial... <laughs> you know, oh, hey, we're doing this conversation together. And then Santi and I developed a, a very first model together. I think I mm-hmm. made a very shitty version, which then <laughs> Santi and I, we were looking at it together and we we had a moment of, oh, we should do this steel structure idea. And we did that together. And then I had to leave for something, I don't remember. So, mm-hmm. but then Santi and Andrew took that initial concept and fleshed that out beautifully. And so, but the meetings, all three of us were really together in it. And then from there, um, once the concept was set, we divvied up the the paperwork because there, you know, there had to be a prop list, there had to be drafting to be done, there had to be just more model work. And you know, then of course conversation with the director too. So so that happened all quite organically. Andrew took the lead on the drafting, but there was a day where all three of us were in the studio and took Andrew's drafting, but we worked on all of the details and elevations 
together. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and, sign was a really good yeah. and, and then yeah. and then tech. Like yeah, and then yeah. tech. All three of you were at tech or could you <laughs> could you switch oh, off? No, we no, we all three of us needed to be at tech. Yeah. Okay. But but I, but I think yeah. we did something very smart with that tech. I mean, tech is like a full week that you ended up going back home at midnight and we were able to maybe tomorrow you take the night off and I stay here, you know, like, and then, and then if you take the night off, you can be here early for notes. So it's this mm-hmm. capacity of like being present for every single step of the process, but also maybe taking a night off, you know, like maybe going mm-hmm. and have dinner with your mm-hmm. friends or yeah. maybe just go home and sleep. And because all three of us were part of the conversation from the beginning, the director really trusted all of us. So it wasn't as if, you know, suddenly the lead person left and the director felt abandoned. So that that didn't happen. It was all very much streamlined, very thoroughly. Because usually if there's an emergency, it's usually the assistant that then has to take the notes and there's not quite the same level of trust, right? Yes. And I had to leave at first preview to go to another tech. So then Santi and Andrew really took care of the show the rest of the way through previews. So that was a great way of mm-hmm. yeah, combining forces. It seems to me like your model, I mean, you, you just talked about how you're there for each other, let's say if there's a family emergency, which could be ruinous for a solo freelance designer. So it seems so obvious to me, your models. And so I'm surprised that there's not more of it. <laughs> why? Why do you think that is? I think what Santi said is so true that because we had that time to come together and discuss is so necessary because making a company, creating this model, it did take time, like going to our accountant, talking to other people who had small businesses, figuring out taxes, you know, just the nitty gritty business stuff we had to all learn. And that took time. And also part of it is I think you have to zoom out of equality a little bit, which seems counterintuitive, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's no way that all the workload is equal, but you just have to trust each other that we're all doing our best. And I think that sort of trust and understanding of each other just takes time to develop. How long did it take to develop for the three of you? I mean, I think we were in a fortunate position that we, you know, we knew each other um, and we knew each other's work. So I think that covered a bunch of the groundwork. Like I think trying to do this with anyone other than the two of you might have been like more difficult because I think I think the previous relationshipness of the whole situation like just really mm. made it possible. Mm-hmm. And the, like it being a reaction to a moment and a shared experience thing that we finally had the, you know, it was just this thing where we like had, had the time to be like, wow, we're all going through this same thing mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. kind of sucks. And then also just realizing, and I think like taking pride and excitement in our foreignness too, though, because we were like, I think, and this answers maybe your question of like why mm-hmm. people haven't done this before in the USA. I think, you know, it's because theater and as we, you know, on Broadway, it's this thing that's done commercially for profit. And even in, even in nonprofit environments, it's questionable. And I think it's just like making theater in a capitalist model makes it so that people want to do it individually. So it's your name on the poster and whatnot. And then we were like, is that actually something that we as foreigners or as humans like necessarily care about? And then I think we were like, maybe not. And that helped that helped a lot. Yeah, I guess right now, I mean, I mean we talk about this with a lot of people that 
in the industry that they're very like, oh my God, we're inspired by what we're doing. But I understand that it's hard to just suddenly right now it starts because we're saying like this needs time. And the thing like right now it feels crazy to like do what we did back in 2020 of like, okay, we need to sit down, create a website, the branding, just sit down and like writing and understanding what are the values and like, you know, all the, all the ideas of the company. And I feel like the, the free time when that happened was extremely useful and unique for the equation that allow us to do it. That seems like a crucial lesson to anyone who might want to do a model like yours is that you cannot do it. You cannot form this on the side. You would need to take time off together to make that particular sausage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of like learning about what an escort, you know, like learning what a corporation is and that kind of thing, which was also great. It was also really nice to switch off designer brain and switch on entrepreneur brain for a little while. And I also think there's some baggage with talking about money and personal finances mm-hmm. and you just have mm-hmm. to be open about that. Yeah, it's kind of like a marriage. We have a joint bank yeah. account. Basically. We talked about the Sun in Sydney, Brucine's window, and certainly how logistically made it all happen. I wonder if at least one of you can talk about hitting an artistic roadblock in your in a design and how you would not have gotten through it without the help of your partners. I mean, I have a very, a very, a very good example. I, I don't know if if you all are thinking the same thing, but we were. Our show that we just did at the public theater with Bushwick Star, Dark Disabled Stories, which was an amazing show and an incredible success and work that we're very proud of. But we were in this place in like December and we thought that we had like the design pretty ironed out. And then at that point, like I was running the drafting and was like kind of dealing with the shops and it was sort of on my plate, Um, even though it was definitely in all three of us collaborative design. And we had a really good relationship with the director. Long story, I was going back home to South Africa. And the day before, the director called and was like, I don't know about this whole design idea, um, <laughs> which was very valid. And I think was like also just a, a good choice in the long run. But we were like, um, well, the shops are kind of about to build this. And we don't know what else to do. And the shop had also like bought all this material to execute the previous idea. So we were like, wow, okay, well, sure, we can definitely rethink, but I personally can't be in that conversation because I'm going to be like a million miles away. And we also have to use all of this weird, very specific pink spandex that we've got now. You have to use, I didn't hear that. You have to use your what? Oh, it was just like tons of pink spandex. Oh, Um, I thought (laughs) it was. I thought I'd misheard. Okay. Oh, no, you didn't. That that was true. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) All right. Yeah. And then the two of you know the two of you is like really stepped in and saved the day and then you know just after long discussions with the director figured out what the design wanted to be and that is ultimately what ended up on stage and was like super gorge so mm-hmm. wow so like almost overnight redesign yeah yeah and it was like a pretty big it was like a pretty big it was a big change yeah. change but, but 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 also i guess i guess like i remember that meeting i guess that was like the day after you went back home and it was uh, Jordan, the director, Kimi, and me in a Zoom call, trying to like, okay, now, now, now what? And we developed a solution that we were very happy, but it was kind of like in the meeting, knowing like, let's find this together. You know, it was more like, okay, sure, we have these circumstances that include we need to change this idea, but also we need to use this material because 
the shop already spent big chunk of the budget on that. That's when I say like working with Jordan, uh, we love Jordan Fame, the director, kind of like jump into our brainstorming world and just we together found found the solution. And that that felt very like, uh, oh, well, this is this is collaboration. Like we have this situation and it's not only just something that somebody throw us a problem. It's just like, okay, we have this situation. Let's address it together. And I feel that that would be a, a situation that like, let's say like if Andrew or like another person is designing that alone and they have to go home and then that happened, that's a, that's a melt. Yeah, that would be like, that would be scary just to think about it. Yeah. It's just so lovely to know that like, there's two people that you trust like implicitly to do the work and pick it up and make it. Yeah. And, and like, I know that whatever the solution is going to be, is going to be amazing regardless of mm-hmm. whether I'm there or not. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't think a designer that like works with assistants or whatever would feel the same way. Yeah. I love thinking about talking about systemic reinvention. So I'm wondering, given the many institutions with which you've worked both in you said commercials, theater, film, what could be changed or reinvented at any level so that someone following in your footsteps could more easily form the kind of partnership that you have? Or even what could make it easier for you to keep doing what you're doing going forward? I think transparency is really key. I think even from getting an initial offer from a theater or anywhere else, there there is this lack of transparency about, I would say, money and even mm-hmm. dates because you know, we're, we're supposed to be excited about the work. And, and because we somehow love our job, that seems like a form of compensation, but it really isn't. And I think the easiest way to start is just even asking your fellow collaborators how much they're getting paid, what is happening mm-hmm. there, and being having more conversation about it. And that's, I think, a very first step for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think also just like the acknowledgement that art is work and that artists are workers, which I think is like a thing that we all believe in pretty strongly and is a thing that I think sometimes gets taken for granted because, yeah, we are workers who love our job and are passionate about it, but at the end of the day, it's still labor. Yeah, and I was was thinking about like, I don't know, like when you recently graduated from grad school and you start getting offered that like exposure was part of the thing and you're like, wow, yeah, I mean, I know there are memes about it. Like I'm not going to pay rent with exposure. And I think like going back to the agency thing is like for us, the agency of like being able to like really think about what we want to do and what we don't need to do. And of course we still get that sometimes wrong and we just overwork, whatever. But I, I guess just knowing that we can discuss that with someone and we can navigate that together feels, feels very powerful. I wonder if you could talk about any upcoming projects that you're particularly excited about after the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window and that you can share. We have a bunch of exciting things coming up that we're not allowed to share, but just, <laughs> just that like they're exciting and we're excited about it. Um, I love that you have tons of projects you can't share. That makes it really like <laughs> fancy and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not fun. <laughs> sorry. I have to, I always like forget to preface the fact that like South Africans. Ex- exaggerations. <laughs> we, we're just like prone to exaggerating oh. a lot. Um, <laughs> you have several, and that's good enough. So we have some, yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about Santiago, Kimier, and Andrew, read a longer version of this interview, and see some images of their work, 
just head to uncsa.edu slash artrestart. And if you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to tell a friend. Our theme music is by Shanghai Restoration Project. I'm Piercarlo Talenti, and on behalf of the Thomas S. Keenan Institute for the Arts, thanks for listening. <laughs>